There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. The acclaimed new Oscar contender Women Talking opens in movie theaters everywhere today. I spoke to co-star Sheila McCarthy about working with the powerful ensemble cast of Rooney Mara, Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, and Francis McDormand. Hey, Sheila McCarthy. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We're here talking about your new movie. It's called Women Talking, um, written and directed by Sarah Polly. And it's going to be all the talk this uh, coming award season as we head to the Oscars. I'm sure that's going to get a ton of nominations. So I'm so excited that we we get to talk with you about this. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. All those clothes I have to wear. <laughs> I know, right? It's, well, because we want to, I want to tell people that, I mean, let's start there because you brought it up. I mean, it's when you first drop into this thing, you're not sure if it's a period piece or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it unravels, I mean, this isn't really a spoiler because it's sort of in the IMDb, you know, the premise. Oh, you know, yeah. It's, it's 2010. But um, I wanted to commend you and, and see, get your thoughts on that. Like, you know, it, it's, it, I think it's beautifully the way Sarah Polly does it. We sort of slowly reveal through dialogue and then eventually music and stuff like that. You, we sort of slowly re- realized that this is just a, a closed off colony, uh, a religious sort of colony situation in relatively present day. Like what, what were your thoughts about how that's rolled out? Um, You know, I, it, totally intentionally too, that the, Sarah um, very, you know, taking it from Miriam Taves book, very much wanted to, to be sort of like um, anywhere in the world, a sort of timelessness to it. And I think there's a bit of a shock value when all of a sudden you hear that monkey's tune and you go, what? This, <laughs> this is na- like, this is almost now. So Daydream I believer. That- <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, so it, 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 it was very, very done deliberately. Um, I mean, those, those clothes that we wore were so, I remember I w- we were shooting one day and there was a Starbucks across the street and I went over in my, you know, my dress and my bonnet and my no makeup. And, and I thought, wow, she's probably the, the barista, you know, they're going to say something. And she went, she looked at me and she went, wow, cool dress. That looks <laughs> so comfortable. <laughs> now did the start, did the barista at Starbucks, did they write, did they call out Ruth, Cheryl? They write that on the cup. Or no? <laughs> we have to tell the listeners that we were joking before we got on here. Yeah. Um, my wife was like, you have to ask about the, her horses named Ruth yeah. and Cheryl. Uh, <laughs> um, talk about uh, just how, how that, that sort of factors. It, it's a lighthearted thing, but they also represent, you know, escape and find a final leaving. So they'd play yeah, an important part. They, they sure do. I mean, just to be clear, Ruth and Cheryl are my two horses that are, you know, a very big part of Greta's life. It's how she travels. You know, it's her car. It's, uh, you know, her and and uh, they they are very 
important to her in terms of, um, you know, the decision in women talking of whether they're going to stay in the colony or leave the colony. She needs Ruth and Cheryl. And, but she also uses um, her her loved, beloved horses to, you know, to sort of explain what, why she thinks uh, we should leave. And, and, and the metaphors of what Ruth and Cheryl go through and their horse loving lives um, really works as a kind of um, uh, balance and, and a bit of humor in the film that I think, you know, just takes the, the, the air out of the balloon for a minute when things get really tense. Greta's able to talk about Ruth and Cheryl and there's a bit of eye rolling, but it does diffuse a tense situation and, and further the conversation forward, I think. It does. And, and like you're saying, it's a great um, you know, it's great symbolism of when, you know, when mm -hmm. you're, when you're riding behind the horses, they can jerk back and forth and you might mm -hmm. get a little dizzy, but if you, mm -hmm. if you focus your eyes off on the horizon, basically right. keep your eye on the bigger picture of where we That's need right. to go. It's um, so true, it, right? You, you, you don't, yeah, you look, you look ahead, don't look where you are. That helps you get through things. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And we should say, I guess, so this is, um, eight women in sort of an isolated, I guess it's a Mennonite colony, I believe, it's right? Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. so let's let's set the stage. So we we've talked, yeah. we've joked a lot about the horses okay. and stuff, yeah. but, but it is really let's go back. really mm -hmm. really heavy subject matter. Um, but yeah. so I want I want you to sort of set the stage, and I don't know how much you know on your press tours you want to reveal about the plot and all that, but um, give us a basic premise of sort Absolutely. of absolutely. And what what well, I think first of all, this this film that you're seeing is based on a book called Women Talking by Miriam Tapes. It is an it is an act of female imagination. It is based in a true story of a uh, Mennonite colony in Bolivia in and around 2008, um, where uh, several women finally communicated to their elders that they were being uh, sexually abused, raped um, in the middle of the night, horse tranquilized, raped, and no one was talking about it. They finally did. The men were arrested by the Bolivian government, and they are still incarcerated in Bolivia. Um, nine nine men. So that's the the real story. And just to also talk about the horror of this, it's not just the women. It's the men and the men um, were also horse tranquilized, and their children and their grandchildren. So it's a it's a it's it's an incredibly um, horrific situation, um, and. Miriam took that truth and turned it into a fable, really, of what would happen if women could have a vote for the very first time in their lives. And these women do not read or write, but they could vote by making a black X about what they want to do. And they have three choices. Stay, do nothing. Stay and fight. Leave the colony. And so that's really, in a nutshell, uh, what the movie is about. It's It's about it's about making decisions and and talking them through and you know having having the conversation for the very first time yes and i love that those are the the three choices are i love that that's even been woven in in you know the marketing materials you know the, the, the it lays out stay and yep. what is it stay yep. in or do nothing stay and fight or or leave yep. um and yep. um you watch them put x's right from the very beginning of the movie so we know that's what we're in for and we we should tell mm -hmm. everybody that it is um you know just like the title of the book and the movie suggests it is women talking it's it's you know it's that's going to be the most of the movie it's it's a dialogue mm -hmm. heavy movie but talk i wanted to commend um sarah Polly and 
I'm sure some of the dialogue comes from the book too, but um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I just want to commend the whole way the script rolls out of mm -hmm. it is, you know, it's not quote a lot of stuff happening to use a lame term, but you were so gripped the whole time because it, as these women debate, which of these three options they should do, they all make compelling arguments. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, talk, talk about how, how you think that, that Sarah Polly was able to do that to, to create well, such a gripping thing with just dialogue. Yeah, well, we, you know, that was our concern. We we had a two week rehearsal period um, with the eight of us uh, um, and and Ben, our, our token uh, man, um, to to and that was a concern because it 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 rolls out like theater, you know, and it could be a play, and um, what we couldn't possibly have realized until we saw the epicness of the film and the landscape of the film and the music of the film is that Sarah, just when the conversation is going, where can this go? She cuts away to, to the most beautiful and sometimes horrific um, visuals in the film that I think um, sort of keep it less of a piece of theater and more just a huge big world of these women, the outside world, the children in the fields, the, 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 the boots of the men. And she very deliberately does not show the actual, um, it's the aftermath of the, of, of the abused, abusive scenes. It's the before and the after, which I right. think is a really compelling uh, way to, and an often more moving way to, to show those, um, those crimes. Um, so, you know, that we did have that concern, you know, but, but I think it, it, she's woven such an incredible mosaic of sort of dialogue into scenes, into scenery, into music, into that it, 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 it the tension, I, 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 I equate this movie like doing one long hymn, you know, mm. we were just one long hymn with, with other things woven into it. So, um, you know, I think that was Sarah Polly. She's and her editor, um, Chris Donaldson, who really, you know, mastered that for sure. Oh, yeah. The um, you're sort of referring to sort of the, the flashbacks. You'll you'll you know, you'll see you'll see the women or maybe the aftermath or maybe, mm -hmm. you know, maybe mm -hmm. some shots of blood or in your case, you know, some some teeth. I mean, so horrific images falling. Out. But um, but you mm -hmm. never you never quite see um the the villains you know almost yeah. like you know like the great movie yeah. i don't want to say you know like a blockbuster like jaws but you know what i mean it's the same idea mm. that you don't it's more it's scarier and all more powerful and also why are we even going to give them the time of day in this movie yeah. the men yep. don't deserve uh well not ben weishaw's character but he's he's one of the good guys but you know the, the bad yeah. men of the colony um mm. why mm -hmm. they don't they don't get screen time in this you might see him far in the distance maybe yep. uh or yep. off screen or a boot like you're saying whatever yep. but you don't see uh their faces so um talk about why men, why that was powerful well, it's more menacing that way too, because of course, then it because it is an act of female imagination. Then the audiences can also imagine what those scenes were, and what Sarah wanted to communicate, and Miriam too from her book, was the effect it has on us, not on them. It's mm -hmm. the effect that it has on us, and and what are we going to do about it? And it, it's about the conversation, and it's about moving forward. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's it's the philosophy of the film is that these are. For me, in my life, it's always been when you're in a situation that you cannot stay, then you must leave. And it's not always that you want to leave, but that you can't possibly stay. And by not showing the crimes, I think, yeah, it just it's a it's a it's a stronger argument, you know, I think so, too. And also mm -hmm. the, the choice of even the way that Sarah Polly shoots it um, visually, it's 
it's not, you know, we're not watching some big technicolor, three-strip technical, you know, and it is like mm -hmm. a muted palette, almost, uh, mm -hmm. I don't want to say monochromatic, but almost like a sepia tone kind of an idea. Um, yeah, absolutely. She just was, drenched it. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Talk about how that was sort of, I guess mm -hmm. it's, I, well, what do you think? I mean, to me, I think I take it as sort of that sort of captures their sort of existence, their trapped, well, you know, I, colorless ab existence. Absolutely. And again, it it it's a, it goes along with those sort of timelessness of the of the theme that it's right. almost like, you know, a, a, a photograph from a dagger type from, you know, 100 years ago. And yet it's not. I think it also with the drenched sort of sepia tone taupe colors in it, it allows our voices to be heard mm -hmm. more. There's less distraction, you right. know, it's about the conversation. And so many of those conversations are just beautiful monologues. Like my wife and I were just watching the screener of it last night and we were, you know, she remarked multiple times throughout the movie. We're sitting there on the couch and she goes, man, there's just some zingers in this movie. And she goes, I bet you this was based on a book. Of course it was. Absolutely. So but I, I want you to sort of settle a, a debate then of, of, of are some of those zing, how much of that was in the actual book or, or some, or a lot of those um, lines, Sarah you know, Polly. You know, Sarah um, took a, a, a lot. I would love to see the copy of the book right now, because I think that she probably, it's just, she took tons from the book. Sure. It was, it was uh, like a reverent, um, screenplay for sure but then she she screened it for groups of Mennonite women she she cobbled together lines from other people the line you can't stay so you must leave is something I said to her you know like she oh so you you brought that to the table I did I didn't get nice. to say it though but she yes and so <laughs> she and she's incredibly collaborative and gives credit to everyone for for lines that were not from the book or from her imagination she um yeah so you know just um i'm trying to remember there, there was the line about um tolerating something is not an act of forgiveness and that came from i think a man on set you know that she really oh, wow. she listened and took from the took yeah um and so when we started rehearsing, the script was really in stone. And a lot of what we shot is voiceover. And I remember I said, oh, it's got like monologues of stuff that was in voiceover. She said, and Sarah said, no, we'll be shooting that. We'll be doing that. And I'm like, oh, really? We will be. So we were doing 11 page scenes for two or three days. Mm. We did 120 takes because the cameras had to roll around, you know, nine of us, you know, one yeah. at a time. And everybody brought their A game every single time. It was like being at the Olympics, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> well, it speaking, was... you have you have the proverbial, you have to follow your metaphor, a proverbial, you know, Olympic athlete, all-stars cast with you. I mean, uh, man, <laughs> dish on dish on some of, uh, remind uh, our listeners, uh, so I can well, use a soundbite if you say their names, but, you know, remind us some of the heavy <laughs> hitters here. I mean, oh, yeah, you're going to no. see some Oscar nominations with these folks. Well, yes. I mean, you know, Claire Foy, I mean, there we were the first day and the queen from the crown is washing my feet. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> Sur surreal thing to have out there. Wow. Okay. You know, <laughs> um, you know, Ben Wishaw, Judith Ivy, um, you know, won a million Tony Awards, uh, you know, Rooney Mara, oh my goodness, just angelic. Um uh, uh, Jesse Buckley, who I just uh, love from Ireland, you know, just nominated last year for um her movie with 
with Olivia Coleman. You know, it was just a heavy hitters. And then, you know, Michelle McLeod and David Fox. And, uh, you know, it was just what I haven't even mentioned Francis McDormand. Oh, my God. How can <laughs> a I small, a little smaller role? But just a small, than you, yeah. But yeah. You also know, produced it, too, I think. Oh, yeah. When 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 the uh, my agent told me who was in the cast, I went, shut up. What? <laughs> so I really fangirled for the first couple of weeks. And I then, you know, then I thought I've got to get over this. I've just, you know, it's okay. I've just really got to get over this. And, and, you know, because we were together every day, all day for months at a time, which is something you don't usually get when you're making a movie, you know, you pop in, you, you roll out for three weeks and then you come and do another day with three lines, you know, whatever this was all day, every day. So, and they also put us in a great big room off set. So we were all together with our partitions and it was COVID. So we were very, you know, it was like we were, you know, 12, you could say 12 angry men. We were, you know, yeah. nine angry people um, <laughs> making this movie. And, you know, that the kind of COVID restrictions sort of went with the whole idea of this, you know, repressed group of people, you know. So that was uh, really great, you know, that um, we were to, that helped us all get very used to each other. And we had, we actually had a lot of fun making this movie too. I'm going to say like, it's a really heavy subject, but we laughed a lot. You have to, you have it's to. that fine line between, you know, laughing and crying. They even say in the movie, there's a line sometimes, what did you laugh to, to keep from crying or whatever? That's right. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Um, and it, it's just beautiful. It's just beautifully done. The, the, the writing and even the visual, even the shots, even the shots of... Um, you know, just the empty houses, like the table and the light coming through the window or the barn. Um, it's it's almost like you these women and, and you can sort of see their struggle of why they might not want to leave because all the horrors going on around. And at one point they say, maybe we just make the men leave and we stay because this is our home. You you yeah. can see their love of mm-hmm. their surroundings, too, just in those beautiful visuals. It's, what, it's, I, what I love about that, too, is just every single thing is used like yes. you're not allowed art on the walls so they have calendars everywhere with cheesy right. pictures you know <laughs> they have landscapes they they and the and our clothes like akita alfred who designed our clothes every single little bit of thread is something that has comes from another gender it comes from a grandmother or it's right. just the impeccable um detail in the film um which you mean you have to see it more than once to really get mm-hmm. to me is just ah oh, it's just I love that, you know. Oh, absolutely. And do we? Um, I, I and I know, I know you don't want to what talk Oscar predictions, but I, let's, I want to <laughs> talk in terms of general terms because, I mean, uh, we had Chloe Zhao win Best Director for Nomadland. We had Jane Campion win last year for um, Power of the Dog, and you know, who knows if Sarah Polly will get nominated? I think she <laughs> should, or or win for yeah. Women Talking. But um, whether we, she wins or not, I mean, we had Greta Gerwig a couple years ago, mm-hmm. Lady Bird. Like, do. 
I, I'm so heartened that we're seeing this trend, um, you know, of, of, of these female directors and mm-hmm. finally getting to tell their stories and talk about if speak, speak about the, this movie in sort of those terms. Finally, we're starting. Yeah. We've had male gaze movies and some of them are great over the yeah. years, but we need some female gaze movies. now. Well, you know, I, I, I hope, you know, when I think about the younger girls on the set, you know, their first film, I thought I thought I hope some at some point in their careers, we won't even have to have this conversation right. that it will just be a film by great filmmakers, genderless, um, but we're not there yet. And I think this movie proves that. I mean, when you see us at the film festivals and there's 20 women on stage, (laughs) that's a powerful optic to look at. It's for itself. It's just speaks for itself. And I really, I'm so proud to be part of this film. And I think that, yes, I think Sarah deserves every single Oscar that there is on the planet for, for (laughs) this creation of hers. And, you know, you don't, you know, she, I would talk about it all. And she goes, I don't want to jinx it. You know, I've been there before. And yeah. I just go, yes. And just in terms of if that happens, then more people see the movie. Do you know what I mean? Right. The, the awareness grows. I mean, doing article, you know, radio shows like yours helps. Yeah. But, you know, the Oscar is like that yeah. would the platform of that is enormous. So I really hope that those that those Academy members are feeling good about this movie we've already been given the um robert altman award at the spirit award so that's that's a given and that's huge you know altman yeah i mean talk about uh microphones or mic'd up a bunch of cast members all at once that's that was altman's thing man yeah Um, yeah but but yeah yeah, if if that'd be cool and so there could be you know sag best ensemble you know there's lots of different Mm -hmm. sort of categories that are good for these big casts Mm -hmm. um but Mm -hmm. yes the oscar would be great let's start awarding sarah polly's and the kelly records and ava duvernay's like you know let's get that going (laughs) in the next couple years yes um but anyway um but yes, I mean, so you were speaking of, you just mentioned the phrase and it sparked something. You mentioned the, you know, hopefully we won't talk about this. It'll be genderless or whatever. And and there is a nice little uh, shout out in, in the role. Um, uh, I can't remember the character's name. Is it Mel- Melvin? Yeah, Melvin, Melvin. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about how it was important to, to sort of uh, break down the gender stereotypes with that role. Mm-hmm. And also it's. It's not all, it's also not quote man hating. The, there's hope for the boys too. They say, oh, you know absolutely. what, 15, 15 year olds and younger, they debate. And you know what? Maybe there is a little hope that they can be taught. Abs- absolutely. And again, that is the word hope. Um, you know, uh, Miriam Taves wrote that character of of Nettie, uh, who now wants to be identified as as Melvin um, in the book. And, you know, that that just, that, that widens the net of, uh, that these abuses happen not just to women; they happen to everybody, and I think that that is is really important to remember. And and also, you've got a character like Ona, played by Rooney, who has not not interested in marrying. You know, right. there's you know, it's a diverse group of us, um, and the age is diverse. You know, you've got the young ones, you've got the the elders, like Judy and mm-hmm. me and myself. So um, you know, it's it. it, it you know that those the horrors happen to, to everybody, and I think that 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 conversation is really important about the film too. You yeah. know, people have come up to me after seeing the movie, and they're very moved by it. There was a woman who works in a, a women's shelter who just really couldn't talk, and I just said, you know, this this movie is about people talking to people and starting a conversation, so change can happen. And I think yeah. that you know, no one's alone, and you know. Uh, not just women, everybody. And I, uh, that's my hope. That's my takeaway from the movie that, you know, you're not alone. And as soon as you do communicate to somebody, things change. And I love that, you know, 
in my life, that's been the case, you know, when you don't keep stuff bottled up and that, right. you know, that's a big, big theme in the movie. Absolutely. It's uh, not bottling it up. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I do, I, I do want people to know that, yes, it is a heavy subject, but in the end, it, there is hope for, oh. for, the, for these women who have survived mm -hmm. in this trauma mm -hmm. and they're going to move on and hopefully, um, you know, have, uh, we're going to hopefully have, have a brighter future and also hope, hope for, you know, hopefully the younger generation of men that mm -hmm. uh, young boys too, maybe they, you know, it's so much is, is children are blank slate. I think they even say something mm -hmm. similar in the movie. And, and it's what, so much is what we're taught in media and society Absolutely. and from, uh, uh, the patriarchal society, politics. we still haven't had a woman president, you know, politics, so much is ingrained in, and, you in know, young we're, boys and girls. we're ingrained too. Like in the film, yeah. like, you know, I think there's dialogue about, we are the ones too who have like I've enabled this abuse with my daughters right. in the movie, and it's a huge awakening for my character Greta to say, "I am sorry, I'm sorry." Right. Like I, I need to say I'm sorry, and I need to say it more than once. That's probably because I'm a Canadian, but because we apologize a lot. But, right. but I, you know, that's a big moment um, uh, that we have been wearing that those old records we've been playing those and it's you know it's a learning curve for us too right. not just men right right well yeah. it, it does and and with hope and and also i mean i know and i know there's religious themes too i think you guys mm. are you, you you filmmakers are very um nuanced in the way you even handle the religious aspect too mm -hmm. it, it, it's it's not you know whether people are you you could have someone that's um, devout or um, atheist watch this thing, and and no one's yeah, yeah. you know you're not offending people. That, I'm, I don't that's I'm, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, no, you, because oh. that's love, pacifism, listening, you know, tolerance and patience. I think that that is you know the movie unfolds and we're all being so patient. And we think we've only got forty eight hours to make this decision, and yet yeah. there's still this feeling of we are going to take our time here. Maybe that's a female thing. I don't know. <laughs> well, we have we have taken our time with this interview. Okay. We're, we're almost a half half hour into that. That's my best segue. But um, <laughs> uh, I know you probably have other ones, and you're really generous with your time. Before we run, um, let's talk about you. You mentioned you're a Canadian. Remind our listeners, uh, you sort of your uh, remind our life story in two minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my god. But, <laughs> no, but remind us where where you know where you grew up and how you got into acting. Well, I grew up in Toronto, but you know I've done the Die Hard too and the Day After Tomorrow. Sure, I was in I'll just give you my resume, Umbrella Academy. And I just finished doing a movie with my daughter who directed me a movie called Civil. So, you know, I I go back and forth, but Canada is my home and I'm proud to say that. And, uh, you know, um, but I love coming to your country and having this movie explode in my face. It's just so much fun for me. I, I had it 30 years ago with a movie called I've Heard the Mermaid Singing that went around the world. And now Women yeah. Talking is going to go around the world. And it's just, it's an incredible moment for, for me and, you know, to be part of this. It's just really awesome. Yeah, I've heard the mermaid singing was, I guess, what people would say your breakthrough film role in terms of getting. I guess you won. Did you want a genie award? I think for that. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's there's so many, and I know you mentioned. Uh, you know, what what was it like doing some? You know, you know, women talking is clearly more of like a you know Oscar mm. contender. You know, I don't want to call it art house, but you know what I mean. More of like an indie variety. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, you know, what's it like doing that compared to like say? I mean, you've done Die Hard too, and The Day After Tomorrow. These <laughs> yeah. are like these big blockbusters. Oh, you know, God, what's it like? You... Is it cool to be able to do? You know, what do they say? One for the art, one for the money, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's you know, every experience is so different. But I'm here to say Jake Gyllenhaal is just the greatest thing on the planet. So working with him was just, <laughs> you know, beautiful. 
a young Jake Gyllenhaal in Day After Tomorrow. Young Jake Gyllenhaal, yes. Oh my goodness, yes. I yes, he's he's fantastic. Um, you know, you're just a small, you know, cog in a great big wheel when you do those movies. But it's always the people you're with, you know, and connecting, and you know, um, understanding your place in a movie sort of is is part of my job. So you know, I understand that. You know, <laughs> yeah. And do you have, uh, you know, younger viewers that maybe weren't didn't even see Day After Tomorrow? Because to me, that mm -hmm. seems recent. But in the big grand scheme, that's almost twenty years old now. Do you do you have young Do you have young people come up on the on the street and 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 say, "I remember you from Umbrella Academy." Oh, I they mean, love it. Well, that little love story was so sweet in Umbrella Academy because it was so. I said to the producers, "But I'm thirty years older than my boyfriend," and they went, "We don't care." It's good. It's a nice love story. We don't, we don't care. I mean, that was working with Mary J. Blige. Are you kidding? It was just such a trip. And she was wonderful. The people on that show were, it was like being part of a low budget little indie movie. Like everybody was so cool and so great. Cause I, I, you know, I, I do a lot of indie projects in Canada and, you know, you with 20 year olds and that's super fun for me. Um, but honestly, I teach, I teach college courses too. And I would say, if you can think of anything else to do in your life, feel free to do that because it's really hard. <laughs> It'll be a little easier of a life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, please feel free to become a doctor, a lawyer, because, you know, it's a tough old road, you know, being an actor. And, you know, I'm 66 now and still doing it. And it's a joy. Like, I'm kind of going, wow. So I, I understand this moment very clearly that it comes and it goes. And it's best just to just go for the ride and have a blast with it. Right. Well, you tell him to be a doctor, but you were in the good doctor and orphan <laughs> black. And I guess so, I was. so many other things. Oh uh, we'll see you pop up in all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But um, I really, I really do think, uh, thanks to women talking, you and the incredible cast around you as well. Uh, you know, a, as a unit together, I think we're going to be seeing all of you on, on different award stages coming well, up for ensemble. I just have award. to get really glamorous, and because when people see the movie, they go, "Oh my god." <laughs> you just go, oh my god it's like acting, I just like, it's wardrobe but you know it's, i know it's and it's no no it's all good it's yeah exactly good. characters actress it's all good exactly but i do have to put the lashes and the gowns on for the for the next while um, yeah hopefully those red carpets i i think they'll be coming for for this movie so um uh, I guess sort of in the final seconds, what do you want the takeaway? You know, if our listeners are watching this and they say, oh, maybe I should watch that. Or, you know, maybe if there's some, maybe I'll put it this way. If there's some listeners that maybe only have been going to superhero movies and stuff, and clearly they're not, they're not sure, should I take a chance on this? Explain like what you want them. Why should they come? Why is this a worthwhile for their, for their human heart, their spirit? Like this could, this is the type of movie that can grow and change us. You know, I think it's, you're, you're answering it. I think because we're, in this fast world, I just, you know, put down your phone and, you know, everything happens. Nobody has an attention span. This movie demands a certain patience to sit and watch it. But get your popcorn, watch it, because the payoff at the end, the joy at the end, not to give it all away, but mm -hmm. it is... Um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's worth it. And I think that um, it, it provokes conversations. I know it's provoking conversations that are super important to have right now in this political climate um, that you guys are in. And, you know, believe me, we're in, in Canada too, of Roe versus Wade and, you know, just the whole, uh, you know, everything. So I think that, that if nothing else, go see this movie to, to start a conversation, you know, it's, it's worth it. Absolutely. It is, you know, you're watching this 
you know, similar to the way that like, you know, Animal Farm was, the, you know what I mean? And it's talking about a big, you know, you know, allegory for communism or whatever. Like there, mm. there there's a bit of a, you know, you're seeing a microcosm of this based on a true story. But it also the whole time you're talking, it's relating to society in general, how, how women can mm-hmm. change society at large. So it, it's 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 good. It's a it's powerful filmmaking. So yeah. um Sheila McCarthy, thank you so much for doing this. Again, it's women talking. It's coming in theaters. Thank you so much for doing this. This is great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Give our best to the horses. (laughs) I got to go feed them now. Bye, Cheryl and Ruth. See ya. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.